This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. McDowell Specialty Repair, Susie Boyle Mortgage Team and Castle & Cook Mortgage, LLC. And Summer's Funeral Home, every life leaves a legacy. And now, here's your host for Game Plan for Life, Skip Hall. Welcome to Game Plan for Life. This is Coach Skip Hall. Today we've got an exciting guest with a great story. I think you're really going to enjoy it. His name is Danny Gutierrez, and he is uh, business-wise is a territory manager in, in Idaho for Heartland. He's an entrepreneur. Uh, he's president of Gutierrez and Company, and uh, like I say, a great story. But first of all, Danny, welcome to Game Plan for Life. Well, thank you, Coach. It's an honor to be here. Well, we're pleased to have you, and uh, I'm going to ask you to go back in time to when you where you grew up and kind of move us through the the years and the different things and the struggles you had and 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 how and how you're doing today and what you're doing today. So let's let's go back and have you tell your story. Okay. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. So I was born and raised here in, in Caldwell uh, in Nampa area. My parents were teachers uh, in Nampa, but we lived in Caldwell, so naturally I would just kind of hitch a ride sure. with them and go to the Nampa schools. And yeah. so it was the best of both worlds. I had uh, I had friends and, and teammates that I played baseball with in Caldwell in the summer times. And then throughout the school year, I would uh, play athletics, you know, through the school system. So I had Nampa friends. And so it was a really neat dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of three three boys. I was the middle kid. Today, uh, I, I've you know my older brother is a, a police officer with Boise City. He's been a cop for you know, twenty plus years, and my younger brother is a deputy prosecutor. And so I was sort of the black sheep in the middle, <laughs> if you will. But yeah, one of three boys. My mom and dad, they were, uh, you know, they're amazing parents, always uh, were, were supportive. I can't remember if they ever missed a game, Yeah, honestly. Uh, they they would do everything they could to, to make sure they were there for us. Uh, I lost my father when I was 18. Mm. Um, it was March of my senior year. And, uh, you know, at the time, you know, you, you, you take the things in stride and so forth. And, you know, my mom was a giant when that happened. Mm-hmm. But going back, you know, looking at at, at uh, hindsight, I think that was kind of a pivotal moment. And unfortunately, I, I probably used that as a crutch mm-hmm. in some of the choices that I made afterwards and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, but I was an athlete. Uh, I, I wasn't always the best athlete, but I worked harder than, than most. Yeah. And it put me in a situation where um, you know, I was a starting quarterback for a, a year and a half. Chris got hurt in my junior year, so I, I stepped in there. And then, of course, my senior year and... Had the fortunate opportunity to be recruited by a few different schools. Mm-hmm. You played high school ball for a, for a good coach. I sure did. Coach DeWidzik was a pretty amazing uh, individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I had a number of coaches, you know, throughout that whole tree, whether it's, you know, Coach Stearns or Coach Hubbard. In fact, when my dad was still living and I was looking at where I was going to go, I had ambitions of being a doctor. And, uh, Colgate University out of Hamilton, New York, wow. was looking at me, of all places. Yeah. 
and uh, we knew that they couldn't give athletic scholarships, and it was going to cost a ton of money a to ton. go. And my dad said, "Mijo, you go wherever you want to go." Mm-hmm. He's like, "You know, that's your dream, and we'll figure it out." Okay. So that was my intent: is I was going to go to Colgate University and play football and and be their quarterback for all mm-hmm. intents and purposes. And then when he passed away, I knew that financially things were going to look very much different. Yeah. So Coach Hubbard was my office coordinator at the time, and we were talking through things. And um, I went to Texas for about a month after that before school ended, and uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do, where I wanted to to commit mm-hmm. to. So I actually ended up taking that first semester after high school off and becoming Coach Hubbard's offensive coordinator in mm-hmm. Marsing. Wow! Yeah, and it was great. Uh, it was a great experience. But here I was, an eighteen year old coaching eighteen year olds. Um, <laughs> but under Coach Hubbard, that was his first opportunity to be a high school coach, um, and it gave me a lot of perspective and time to just kind of settle in things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the while, though, I had been recruited by, uh, you know, Stanford and Washington State and Utah State. I had been going to camps, too. Um, and I decided that I was going to go ahead and, and take up Utah State's offer mm-hmm. and go there. And uh, as I went there, John L. Smith simultaneously took a job at Louisville. Moved, yeah. He moved. And and I was I was a bit shattered, but uh, it, it is what it is. And uh, Coach Arslanian came in, worked with us, and then they turned me into a linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that was one of the first times that I would have to battle my own ego and set it aside because mm-hmm. I thought I was a quarterback, and that's that's what I was there to do. And um, they had other plans for me, and I had a really bad attitude about it. I, I spent more time probably in the fraternities and, and the parties than mm-hmm. I did practicing in school. And uh, – and I, my playing time probably reflected that. <laughs> so, yeah, after about a year and a half, two years, I found myself um, on the outside looking in, decided that, that school wasn't going to be good for me anymore or I wasn't going to be for, good for school and, and found myself um, coming back home. I stayed here for a couple months and then lived in Seattle for about a year and a half with the intent to transfer to UW and so forth with, with all these gr- good intentions of going back to school. Yeah. Never, never really comes out or comes comes to fruition the way that we expected to. Uh, but I sold cars there, lived downtown, trying to be this person that I really wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, living the high life, and um, came back home. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm you know twenty one, twenty two years old, and looking for a job, trying to figure out what what uh, I needed to do, and I found myself running paper at MetLife Financial. And I realized that the insurance and and financial investment industry could have been could be a lucrative place to be, and mm-hmm. you could help people. And I went out and I get my Series Six and my Series Sixty Three, and I became a financial advisor, a representative, a financial representative, anyway. Right, right. And I did that for about thirteen years. Mm-hmm. And you know, Coach, what I've come to realize is throughout my my life, I've always kind of gravitated to positions of leadership or excel to a certain extent mm-hmm. and, and had mediocre success in in every instance, whether it was, you know, uh, high school and, and student government, you know, being a you know, the quarterback or mm-hmm. being the president of uh, the Volunteer Firefighters Association in Eagle at mm-hmm. 22 years old. All these moments of, of quote-unquote greatness. But for some reason, the other, the other shoe would drop at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I never could put my – my finger on it. Well, as I'm going through 
my career at uh, as an insurance representative and, and, and managing people's retirement accounts and so forth. I met a wonderful gal, which today is, is the mother of my seven-year-old, uh, Gunner. And um, we we had a life, and it was it was good for the most part. But I came to understand that uh, I was a highly functioning alcoholic. Mm. And if you go back to all of these moments of, of semi-greatness or of success and that other shoe dropping, I can now correlate it 100% to my alcoholism, mm. you know, from, from college on. And what, what ended up happening is towards the end of my financial services career, I was, I was more involved and, and spent more time and energy trying to find the party or being the party mm-hmm. than I did being a, a husband um, and a, a father to my then stepkids. But I wouldn't admit it then. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a problem. Sure. And from the outside looking in, most people probably thought my life was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's what I thought anyway. They, mm-hmm. I guess the, the ones that really knew me were intuitive enough to understand what was going on. Um, but all through all that, I had clients that were doctors and lawyers and mechanics. And the commonality between all of them was that they all had horror stories uh, of their payment processing, you know, their ability to take payment from their customers. And so I looked at the industry and I understood that it was very broken. There was not a lot of um, oversight. There wasn't any recourse for people saying one thing and doing another. And it was just a broken system. So I thought that I could maybe pivot, change course, and and do well. And I found really quickly that uh, there was a couple couple a couple companies out there that I did not want to represent. I found that out really fast. And there was a one specific company though called Heartland that seemed to be the most transparent, mm-hmm. and they dealt with people with a, a certain level of integrity and morality to the point where when I was able enough to. Um, to get hired with them, this was about now seven or eight years ago, I had a friend that she was a gymnast at Boise State, and she had a, started a career with Heartland, and she said, come on over, Danny. And so I did. But every day they would talk about transparency and looking in the mirror and doing things that, that were congruent with the, the company values. Mm-hmm. And again, even though um, I was semi-successful with the business aspects or whatnot, I was more intrigued with being the party. Mm-hmm. Well, as opposed to changing my actions, I just decided to change environments. And instead of working for a company like Heartland, I said, I'm going to go do this on my own. And I started working for another company. And again, semi-greatness, you know, rookie of the year, blah, blah, blah. But it took me getting a DUI, Skip. Yep. Um, and it was uh, the day after Thanksgiving, almost six years ago. And it was uh, it was a eye-opening experience. Um <laughs> and it's ironic because my eyes were closed at three in the morning when that cop was rapping on my window. Uh, but it was enough to, to shake me and understand that I had an infant child. I was going through a divorce and I needed to make some drastic changes. So the next day I vowed that I would quit drinking. I also vowed that I was going to quit my sales career. I got tired of having to uh, s- start over every month, every quarter, whatever it was. And I wanted to go get a, a, a career job that was going to pay me six figures, what my family deserved, that I didn't have to worry about. And so I chose to go back to school. Mm-hmm. I kind of white-knuckled it, quit drinking on my own. I didn't go to you know AA or anything that uh, of that nature. 
and I just went to school and became a really, really good dad. And luckily I had a mom that, um, you know, a God-fearing mother that always had faith in Christ and, and her boys. And so she kind of took me in and I went back to school for three and a half years, uh, became the president of the, the uh, Beta Gamma Sigma, the Business Honor Society. Again, having these moments now where I'm leading groups of people, uh, it's always kind of came natural to me, but it was different now. Right. Now I was not, I wasn't uh, inebriated all the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. And as the time has gone on, you see this this clarity. It starts to show up. The fog starts to wear off. And I had a lot of wonderful time leading, you know, the Beta Gamma Sigma and, and getting involved with different business aspects and so forth and meeting wonderful people, uh, you know, throughout the, the business sector of, of Boise. And my whole plan was to become an engineer, uh, electrical engineer. Um, so I was dual majoring in electrical engineering and economics. And I wanted to open a consulting company, mm-hmm. get into green energy and so forth, more on the battery storage side of things. We've got all kinds of ways that we can create energy today, but actually storing it. Right. So uh, it's there when you need it. That, that I think is intriguing to me. Anyway, long story longer, uh, three and a half years into school, I got a call from Heartland. And it was a recruiter, and they said, "Hey, Danny, we know what we've uh, we know what, you, what you've done personally, and we know what you've done professionally, and we uh, we want to see if you'd consider coming back to Heartland." Mm-hmm. And skip those three and a half years that had gone by of sobriety. In that time period, I also realized that I was severely overweight. You know, I quit drinking, so I lost a bunch of weight, but then I just replaced drinking with overeating, mm. mainly sweets and breads yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. And so I was pushing 300 pounds, and I, I started to look at myself again in the mirror and say, look, you've done all these things to improve yourself, but you're not congruent on the way you're treating your body. Yeah. And so I got a coach, Carly Young. She's actually a, a, she's a life coach, trainer here locally. Mm-hmm. She's got her own business. She was amazing and very integral in, in me coming back. So I lost about 60, 70 pounds mm-hmm. uh, over you know four or five months, and then I was able to, to maintain that for the most part. So that got better. You know, I was getting straight A's in school. My relationships with with my family, and most importantly, my relationship with Christ was starting to get stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. And the only regret that I had in all that time period was leaving Heartland. And that was that was the place that I wanted to represent. Their morals, their values, the things that they stood for, uh, their core tenets. And so that was kind of the regret that was, that was always just there. Yeah. there. So when I got this call out of the blue— and it was all, you know, it was, it was also interesting. It was the day before Thanksgiving. So everything's falling around Thanksgivings. Uh, I remember talking to Jared Clark, which today is my, my division manager. And he said, well, I want you to talk to Nathan Moore. He's our vice president. After you talk to him, you know, let's see how this goes. And I had a conversation with Nathan Moore for about an hour. And 10 minutes of that conversation consumed or, or existed about Heartland. And we talked about the company and so mm-hmm. forth and what it could provide and, and so forth. And the other 50 minutes were about me, mm. goals yeah. and aspirations. And to be honest with you, they were about Christ. Mm. They're about where where he lived in my life and, and where I stood with that. And at the end of that hour, I knew that that's where I needed to belong. But Nathan even then said, take the weekend, pray on it. I want you to make choices for the right reasons. Yeah. And I did. Uh, that was about uh, two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. 
that well that well maybe almost close to three years ago that I had the the conversation and I've been working for Heartland now for two and a half years and you know one of the most influential parts of the success that I've had at Heartland was this men's group. We get together every Wednesday virtually and there's executives and high performing producers or it's just amazing. And it's really, really uh not common to see that in the workplace today. Things are just um I'm I'm a blessed man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the company is wonderful. The people that I've been able to work with alongside and work for, um, and then the people on my sales team that we're growing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Oh, that's it really wonderful. Is. Well, yeah. Well, what a, what a story. Well, I know coaches uh, were a big part of your story at times, too, and, and influencers. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I think um, nobody ever gets anywhere significant alone. Yeah. And there's generally going to be a team that you're uh, a part of and people that you follow and learn from. And from the very you know young age, it was coaches, whether it be, uh, you know, Coach Stout was my first opportunity when I played quarterback. And I remember it was it was eighth grade and, and our quarterback had gone down and I was a tight end. I was kind of a chubby tight end. They said, hey, who can throw a football? <laughs> and they threw me in. And um, I remember it was at Lake Hazel. Ben Hughes, we were struggling. It was it was zero zero going to the end end of the game, and, and Ben Hughes, I told him to just run a nine route from his tight end position. I threw it over the top, and it was a touchdown. We won seven zero, maybe it was even six zero because we couldn't mm-hmm. kick point after at that age. But I remember Coach Stout believing in me when I didn't yep. believe in myself, and um, we went on. To, uh, to have a pretty good year. And throughout my career, it's always been some type of influential coach that's kind of led my way, whether I listened to him or not. Right. Now, that was a different, you know, a different story. And there's always hindsight. And then, you know, I wish I would have done this and done that. But today, I can tell you, Coach, my uh, where my faith lies with Christ mm. and the relationship that I have with my seven-year-old son, being able to, to father him the way that, that he deserves – you know, all those things wouldn't be the the way they are today had my life not transpired exactly yeah. the way that yeah. it did. And not to say that, you know, we we can make any choices and we're going to end up where we need to be. Mm-hmm. I think there is definitely some free will that's involved and we need to be doing the right things for the right reasons. But I am grateful for all of the hardship, the trials, the tribulations, mm-hmm. and the victories, you know, that I've had over the my my 42 years yeah, yeah yeah i was i was surprised when you told me uh, the influence that i had on you as a youngster talk about that a little bit <laughs> well growing up you know watching watching football it was always a dream you know to of course play for boise state and you know play on the blue and i would i would sit there and i would read you know if i couldn't watch a game i would read the papers and and i would always you know just follow you and then when you Made the move to, to Missouri, and you know, at the time I was you know in my early teens uh, and getting into my teenage years, and so I was at the thick of it. I thought I was going to play professional football mm-hmm. as you were going to Missouri, mm-hmm. and uh, just watching your career. And then I think as I got older, and and then followed you once you came back home, and you built another business for yourself, and you had success, you know, as an author, and then with the radio show and. All the people that you've been able to inspire and, and connect with, I've always been a fan from the outside looking in. And so when I had the opportunity to connect with you and, and we had that coffee, it was just 
uh, as I was telling you earlier today, it, it, it's not by coincidence. No, no, it's no. definitely um, part of the plan, and, and I'm just really grateful to even be here, especially when you look at some of the other people that you've interviewed. Uh, you know, like you know, just this last one with Dave Tester uh, mm-hmm. or Cleveland Quarter, and you got a number of uh, different guests that you've had that I'd probably shouldn't even be uh, spoken of in the same sentence. So I'm honored. Well, we all have a story, and it. It's all important. Every story is important. You know, as I've always said, you know, everybody is important and worthy of respect. And we need to share our stories with each other uh, because something in a story can trigger maybe what's going on in the life of the listener. And so, yeah, I think many stories over the period of time that, that we've been doing this four and a half years now, why... We've, we've had a lot of uh, listeners, I think, that have picked up uh, some valuable uh, lessons yeah. that have helped them in life. You know, Coach, having this opportunity to, uh, to share it, to share my story, it's actually given me a lot of perspective, too. If I go back, you know, throughout my life, you know, we're always trying to show up for somebody or something in the best possible light. You know, and whether we're being congruent with the, our true core values and, and, and our motives— um, I mean, I re- I remember as a child, and I don't know if I don't know if I've spoken of this publicly, but I remember as a child when I was like I don't know maybe twelve or thirteen, fourteen years old, talking with my girlfriend on the phone, and um, there was a moment where I said, "Hey, hold on, I need to go get the line upstairs." Well, Coach, we lived in a in a single yeah single floor house. There was no upstairs. upstairs. But I thought somewhere in my own head that if I had a two-story house, that we were doing better Mm -hmm. than somebody else, Mm -hmm. you know, or we were, you know, being in a better spot. And shame on me for that, because my my father and my mother worked their tail off to provide for what we had. And we were never without, like, I I can never ever, uh, I can't imagine a time that we went without. All that being said, I do remember... Sometimes hearing my mother and my father argue. Yeah. And um, the truth of the matter was, it usually had to do with, with his drinking. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom's never had a sip of alcohol in her life and, and never would. Uh, well, I'll take that back. And every now and then, as, as adults now, she'll have a sip of a margarita and she thinks she gets flushed. But, um, you know, going back, you know, to my childhood, there was something that, that I thought I was missing. There was, you know, I was trying to p- portray myself in a light that was better than really what it was, but I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to show up any differently than just my authentic self. And as time has gone by, understanding that, um, you know, especially with the alcohol side of things, getting that out of my life and having that clarity, I've really come to grips and, and I'm proud of being able to sit in my own skin, mm-hmm. to show up authentically for the people that are in my life and, and knowing that relationships that I, that I do have, that I do nurture, whether it's with you or a client mm-hmm. or my son or, you know, my significant other, whatever it is, that it's me being authentic. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that word today gets thrown around way too often now, this authentic self. Uh, I think when you peel back the layers and you really talk about what that means, it's having an alignment mm-hmm. with your core beliefs. With, with for me, yep. it's Jesus Christ, right? And then everything else leads off mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be who you are, where you are, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Be authentic. Well, we've got just a couple of minutes left, Andy. I want to give you a chance to uh, 
to give us your your website uh, contact information in case somebody like to reach you and absolutely we'll talk about your your the services that you provide too I know you do business consulting and payroll services and business analysis uh, what else yeah what we tend to do is we'll go into a, any business situation we'll just kind of do like a uh, an audit a forensic audit of their business systems whether yeah. it's their payment processing uh, how they take payment, whether it could be ACH, electronic transfers, credit debit card, whether it's an e-commerce or brick and mortar space, point of sale systems, that stuff. Uh, we'll deal with customer intelligence and data analytics, mm-hmm. understanding our customer's behavior, identifying those customers that we'd like to have that behavior repeated, and then show them ways how to market to and, and have that actually mm-hmm. done. Uh, we've got payroll services that, in my opinion, will run circles around uh, most of our competition whether um, it's adding an HR element or time and attendance or onboarding and taking advantage of some of the the tax credits that are involved, like the work opportunity tax credit or the employee retention credits and all these things that most often get overlooked or they seem too complex to to apply for ourselves. So we definitely have that whole business aspect. If you wanted to look in, in my personal website is heartlandidaho.net. Uh, that gives you a little insight of who I am and the company that I represent. And then heartland.us is our corporation um, or website where you're able to go and see all the different products and services that, that we uh, offer. Uh, and you can reach out to me specifically at 208-985-4858. Uh, text me, call me, and uh, just sit down for an open audit and sure. see how the business is running. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Well, listen, we, we really appreciate you coming in today, Danny, and sharing your story. And uh, you've been kind of on a roller coaster, but it looks like right now you're on the top of that thing and, and doing well. So God bless you. Keep up the work you're doing and working with people, encouraging people, and, and, and a ministry uh, within your, your business. So great to have you as our guest today on Game Plan for Life. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate it. Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall is brought to you by the following sponsors. Christian Brothers Automotive. Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Domino's, oh yes we did. Diamond Heating and Cooling. Hoffman Auto Body, someone you can trust. And Zero is Carpet Cleaning. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the game plan for life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory.